0: Hey everybody, and happy June. I hope you guys are looking forward to summer and all of the fun summer activities that happen. Today, I am going to share um, some of the things I've learned, not just from having a blind parent, but um, how to interact with other people who may be visually impaired or blind and how it's opened my eyes to another world that exists. So I hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the C.R.A.B. podcast. Here at Children Raised Around the Blind, we have two goals. Our first goal is to help those living with the blind to understand them better and to help children through the difficulties that come from living with a blind parent. Secondly, we want to spread awareness of the blind community. Here on the podcast, we will share the things that blind people can do and ways the sighted world can include them in everyday life. Join us twice a month to learn about the visually impaired community. Having a blind parent um, opened our eyes just to other disabilities and other people who need help Um, and I don't think it's something we consciously made a decision. Oh, we're going to, you know, know how to interact with somebody else who is um, blind or visually impaired but it is just so much of a way of life, especially when you've grown up with it. Um, We didn't have to, you know, watch our mom lose her vision. It's always been gone, as far as us kids have known, and it really makes a world of difference. So, um, this past uh, month, our Lions Club had their state convention, and mom and I went, because we both have various responsibilities at the state level, also in our clubs, and so we went, and it was a lot of fun, but I realized even more, even though I've known that there's issues with accessibility. And, you know, even though Lions Clubs are, um, were known as the Knights of the Blind, as Helen Keller had put it, they really don't know how to interact with blind people. And they're not comfortable always with people who um, are at a vision loss where they can't see them anymore or can't make that eye contact and aren't, aren't comfortable doing body language. And it really was like, is this really that difficult? <laughs> you know, I sometimes forget that the sighted world and the people around me don't think the same way I do because they are not used to it. They're not used to finding the issues or paying attention to their surroundings. So even um, just walking into the hotel that we used for our convention, um, just some basic navigation tools that would have been nice to know. Um, I look at ADA things. For those of you, I think I've mentioned it here on the podcast and I know anyone who's followed on Facebook or Instagram and sees what I do. Um, We've been on a number of um, ADA advisory committees for various places in and around Atlanta, and I notice not just blind stuff, so like signage, tripping hazards, but also look for, you know, handicap accessibility, wheelchair access. Um, As a mom with two littles, I look for a changing table in the bathroom, you know, (laughs) some very basic, what I think are basic things, and this hotel, the main restroom, room um, for where we did a lot of our meetings, did not have a handicap stall. Neither of the restrooms in that hotel on the main level had a changing table. Um, so the first day when I had my two and a half year old and needed to change his diaper, most of the time I didn't even go to the bathroom. I just changed him in the back corner of a room because it didn't really matter. <laughs> there was no accessibility for that, um, and I realized that I was the only one there with kids, and kind of figured that most of the people who are going to be coming to convention either have, you know, kids who can be left home, or you know, middle school teenagers, or they're retirees, and up, and so they're not going to think about those types of features, but we also have people who are handicapped with, you know, physical disabilities who may need to have a handicap accessible bathroom, and that's a big key thing. There was no notation of that in the program. So, um, mom and I've jumped off and said, we'd you know, like to help, there's some accessibility things we'd like to be able to help. We'd, you know, know hotel stuff with pricing, getting sponsorships, various things that we've learned from her many years of running and doing conventions and my years of learning and training how to do them. But it, um, it was almost infuriating you know, to a point, like they had a video presentation, and granted the person doing it's like, I've been so focused on um, doing all the alt text on the website that we've been telling them to do, um, that the thought of putting, you know, a description for the video um, with names on it did not even cross their brain, and I got that, and we tried, and technology did not like us, so we ended up having to scrap it. Um, But then, the last night of the banquet, they showed a video, which was great. That's awesome. Seeing the video, I've already made comments. But my first thing was, hey, can you get me a microphone? Or can I stand up, you know, stand somewhere and audio describe this video? Because I know in the room, there were at least five people I personally knew of who would not be able to see the screen well enough, much less reading the print and knowing what the pictures were. And so... I got permission, you know, to stand up there and do live audio description for the first time, probably ever. That ninety-five—I don't want to say a hundred percent, but at least ninety-five percent of those people had ever been around an audio description of a video, uh, much less live. And so, you know, being on the committee for next year, hopefully, we'll know what they're planning, and if that means we have to run a separate audio track, or I can do. You know, a lot of techie stuff. We add audio description to everything. We make sure every presentation, every PowerPoint. If you're going to do a PowerPoint, it has to come through me first. So I can audio describe it. Um, And there's those little things that I don't think of. Um, I mean, like our church doesn't always, when missionaries come through, we have different presentations. They're not always described. And my siblings and I are used to just describing it for mom. But for groups that, you will want to reach out to... Are blind and visually impaired, that's something super basic. Yes, it may take some time. Yes, you may take some learning curve, but just thinking about it. um, Another thing we did was uh, a group of blind lions did a presentation on, you know, how do you help a blind person? And I wasn't sure who was leading it or how it would go and was actually pretty new, new, knew at least one of the presenters really, really well. And was kind of impressed with it and especially when they got one of the people from the audience who um, Understands but doesn't understand and blindfolded this person so that they couldn't see at all and then the blind fully blind individual who was leading the group um, led that person around the front of the room and um, Like the person said I don't even know where I am thinking, you know, they were somewhere off in the middle of the room, probably, and they'd only gone a couple steps, but if you're not used to learning your points and learning for audio triggers and stuff, it it is very difficult, and then the the last thing they did was have um, a sighted, fully sighted person to give directions for this person wearing the blindfold to play cornhole, so the blind man was on the opposite end using his cane and the hole to make some noise, so you kind of knew where it was, the person in the blindfold threw a bean bag onto the board. The sighted person who was helping um, would say, you know, to the left, to the right, up, down, based on where the hole was. And so it was a really unique experience that these people needed and kind of opened their eyes to what it's really like, um, what it looks like, what it feels like, you know, what it sounds like to be totally blind, to take that sense away. And a lot of people, I don't think, get it until they do. If you have never put a blindfold on and tried to walk through your house. I encourage you. Hey put a blindfold on give it a try <laughs> you <know? laughs> Will you trip over things? Yeah, there's a pretty good chance Will you will you be able to find what you're looking for in the pantry? Maybe maybe not um, And it it just helps open our eyes so to speak to that world and they also had someone who was partially um, sighted do it and be given directions and like she said with the lighting The lighting's not great for that person's particular vision loss. And then the bean bags were going to end up being very close to color to the cornhole boards. Because they hadn't had time to paint those yet. And just various things that could throw someone who has some vision off. And it can be uh, interesting. And it's one of those reasons why in April I talked about, you know, volunteering and helping with the blind. But even more... Just thinking about accessibility, making it part of your day. I'm gonna put a plug in here for our online course. We have, if you go to www.childrenraisedaroundtheblind.net, we have courses. I have uh, two different courses right now. I have two more in the works that were supposed to launch um, last year, and peace and quiet and stillness isn't there. But both of the ones that are up are free. The next two coming up will be free for a trial period. And then I would like to charge a small, small, small fee of like $5 to $10. Um, You know, nothing crazy that would be unaffordable. But the two that are out there, one is called um, how to interact with a blind person. And it's just some basic tips to get us started with that conversation. To help people who are sighted. Who are scared, you know, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? Like what, what do I need to know? Just some basics that if you start doing those now, it changes everything. We were talking to um, a TVI and um, just saying, you know, little things like it's over there when you ask for directions, especially in a hotel setting, you know, they're like, oh, well, the bathrooms is there, they're down the hall. Well, where's the hallway to where I am if I can't see and especially in that hotel where the front area, they had these giant, almost looking doors, but there were windows, almost floor to ceiling, all the way down the hallway. Well, everywhere I turn is light, so how do I know where the hallway is compared to everything else? And if you just, you know, you're used to saying, Up to the left of here is a hallway, and then you go down the hallway, and it's the last door on your left. If you're used to saying, directions and not just over there or behind you or that direction when you do encounter somebody who's blind or visually impaired especially somebody who may be in the process of losing their vision and they don't really want to admit that they you know they're not ready to wear hey I'm blind and I can't see they're a little bit you know unsure of how people are going to take it and there's there's a lot of that because you can get some backlash but if it's just part of what you do you know you know the the hallways to the left or you know if you're coming into my church and you want to go to the auditorium i'm going to say so in front of you um, there's a hallway that goes left and right and either way you can get through double doors and you're going to go straight through those double doors until you come to a petitions and then the chairs are on the other side of that petition i'm not going to say go down the hall and you know find the double doors no like which side of the double doors on double doors can be on your left or your right so being specific without being treating it like a child so some of those little little basic things um just paying attention like i checked the braille every single room in that building got the braille checked all of the braille was correct um no question no issues there but just knowing you know how to pay attention how to look again you know, differences in in tiling and carpet can cause an issue the way that you do rows in a room even if one row shorter and I'm like okay this is the back of the row someone said on the left side well I want to go to the right side and I turn to go what should be across oh well the middle row has an extra middle section has four more rows you know I should be able to use my cane but if I'm someone who's not using a cane I might not be able to see until I almost fall into those chairs So, thinking about just little accessibility things like that. Audio description, describing pictures, um, all of that. Another one of the courses I have is um, I call sighted guiding. I didn't realize the terminology had changed, and now it's human guiding. Um, But, you know, being able to lead a blind person, and we talk about those variations. Some people want to take your arm. Some people want to follow your voice. If they have a guide dog, um, you know, there's various ways there. And then we talk about written directions, you know, I would have, knowing that blind people were attending the convention, I would have taken the map, not the map the hotel gives me, even though that's wonderful and beautiful, it's not descriptive enough for what I need. And I take a map and I give directions from the front door welcome desk area for where you would check in. And all of the directions would go from there because somebody might need to know, um, Especially if they came to a convention by themselves and they're going to be a very independent person and they can make it work But what what how easy would it be? And how nice would it be for them to be able to get those either in advance or even when they check in and say hey There's directions in there and they could read okay This room we're going to go this direction. All these rooms are down this hallway and they can already be building that um, internal map and know where they're going to be going for different meetings and sessions so Um, you know, those types of things, being around a blind person my whole life and blind people forever, I've learned to introduce myself first, even if they may know who I am and my voice. Um, it's still polite to say, hey, I'm DJ, was wanting to talk to you about something. Or, you know, hey, it's DJ, do you need help getting somewhere? Can I help you find somebody? Just being open. And being willing to take that next step is, it's really, really huge. And I think sometimes we just get so preoccupied in our world and what we're doing and how we want things to go that we forget about these other people out there. We forget to open our eyes and say, hey, who can I help today? You know, and um, I think one of the, the biggest things for us as sighted people to do, in all honesty, is to take take a thought of, take a moment, and think, what would it be like if I couldn't see? If I sat down in a room, at a table, and I heard people's voices all around me, what would it feel like? Would I Would I want to go see somebody? How would I find them? You know, if you're in a banquet room with 150 people... How do I find the one person? Do I stand on my chair and scream for their name? Um, Do I start trying to hear for their voice? Those types of things that help us understand more of why we do what we do. Um, Our local Lions Club, we do roll call verbally. And so even though we keep roll and we have access to it, um, we ask that the microphone be passed around the room one so mom can hear. The voices and try to learn to put the voices with the names. But then also, so they can, um, so uh, she can make sure she knows everybody that's there and she kind of knows what area of the room they're sitting in. So, if for some reason she needed to see them or do something, she would have that ability. So, little things, you know, even if maybe you're not sitting with them, but you can say, hey, I just wanted to come by. And, you know, say hi and so glad that you're here today at this event. Just making those connections. Because a lot of times, those who are blind and visually impaired do not get out. I mean, if they do work, they work and they come home. I mean, they can't get in the car and decide, oh, I want to go to the grocery store on my way home. Or, hey, I'm going to, you know, go to the movies. They don't have that freedom that we get to have. And if they do want to go somewhere, a lot of times they're going to have to pay for the ride. And they're going to have to pay to get to work and all of those things that are, it's way more expensive than you or I have to pay even gas and maintenance on our car. So even if you, you know, maybe you've met somebody who's visually impaired and you say, hey, you want to go out with me? I'll pick you up and we can go to lunch or let's go hang out. Just be mindful of other people. Just pay attention and look for ways to serve and to help. I hope you guys enjoyed this chat. This is um, one of my favorite things to talk about and one of the things I want to see changed in the world as I tell people I want to change the world in one way or another, but my biggest way is just to make it easier for a blind person to be in a sighted world. So I hope you guys enjoy and we will be back here for a very, very special podcast at the um, third Monday in June. I have not had anybody respond, so it won't be... A Father's Day themed one, unfortunately, but I think what we're going to bring to you is pretty exciting. So have a good rest of your week and you guys look forward to what the summer holds.